like a chest. This is the most beautiful thing. It's so, it's so hopeful. Uh, I've been in a lot of festivals around the world, and what I see is just something very similar, like love and giving and a self-organized uh, uh, policing and and um, and yeah, just 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 a lot of good vibes, rainbows, you know, and, and uh, it's really hopeful for me. Now, Sean, I know you have the ability to sometimes spot the human that is inebriated on cannabis. Yes. That person strike you as that... Sean was with the DEA for a couple of decades. <laughs> Among <laughs> other experiments. <laughs> that person strike you as that sort of degenerate? Uh, <laughs> there was nothing that jumped out as currently on, but okay. that guy screamed, I, I, I embrace that lifestyle. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that if I were to apply my fingertips to his skull, I would find a certain pliability. Which has nothing to do with the pot smoking. That's a separate thing, right? I think his main problem is that he's a dope. He's going to too many festivals. Breaking news. Breaking news. This better be real. You're not jerking me around, are you? Certainly not. Brandon! This is breaking news. Brandon, the breaking news donkey, slumbering. (laughs) Uh, the Supreme Court has ruled employers cannot fire workers for being gay or transgender. I didn't know you could. Well, fi- it's a question of what do the laws protecting people uh, getting fired by sex or whatever mean. Uh, Gorsuch and Roberts sided with the liberals on the issue. Okay. That's all fine. right. I wasn't about to you know, have anybody fired for that yeah. anyway, so I'm all right, we'll that. move on with our lives. Yeah. More breaking news. Oh, no, geez. Brandon, you're back. This is breaking news. <laughs> no, no, don't get overtime, Brandon. No. Everybody's taking a haircut. <laughs> Sometime two newses break, Brandon. Wow. Uh, Fox News is reporting that Seattle's autonomous zone has officially, whatever that means, changed their name from Chaz to Chop. Okay, what's Chop stand for? It's Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. Protest. Yeah. Yes. And what was the other one? Well, let's play cut 60 to remind ourselves. Freedom. It's a great feeling to do what you want to do, be what you want to be. Jazz. And that was a cologne? It was, and uh, the How commercial starred uh, uh, Tom Selleck on horseback. <laughs> oh, I'm buying that cologne. That is masculine. Please, please, you wow. get more... Uh, Tail and uh, Selleck himself. Even the stuff. horse had a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Chaz. Chaz. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, voiceover guy. Play it again. Chaz. Chaz. <laughs> um, how does a cologne give me the freedom to do what I want? Chop. Or how does a not a cologne not give me the freedom to do if, what I want? If you have to ask, you wouldn't understand. So, Chop. Uh... Okay, they, I'm still calling it Chaz. They've changed the name. They took a vote, or who? I'm I'm kind of interested because it's supposed to be a you know an autonomous. Everything is free and uh, you know not the backward racist United States. Exactly. Uh, who decided to change the name? How did they come to that? Did they have a vote? Who was allowed to vote? I'm interested. In well, that. I think they uh, they passed the microphone and snapped at each other when they approved and then held a vote or something. Okay. I just like the fact that they have borders. They're enforced uh, with force, and uh, they carefully screen who comes into their country. <laughs> it's just so funny. I'm concerned about the, the... Oh, and there's rampant racism, too. I mean, just rampant racism in Chaz. Toward who? Uh, mostly white people. Okay. Um, uh, I'm concerned about the COVID 
uh, is being uh, underappreciated at this moment in time. i got more on that in a little bit, but the sport's coming back. I would kind of like to be watching the NBA playoffs. Uh, looked like there was a move that direction, what, 10 days ago. It looked like it was going to happen. They were all going to, all the teams are going to go to Orlando. They're going to play eight games, and they're going to have the playoffs. But then some of the players said, hey, wait, I'm kind of like forced to stay here for two and a half months in this hotel and not see my family. And whoa, 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 what? I'm on quarantine for <laughs> how long? I don't know if I like that. And then it got a new wrinkle over the weekend as one of the biggest stars in the NBA, Kyrie Irving, old the teammate of LeBron James, said he doesn't think they should play. They should make it part of a protest the whole Black Lives Matter protest for justice thing and not play. Um, and Kyrie Irving said over the weekend, I will give up everything I have for social reform. Well, LeBron James is not on board with that plan. He thinks they should play. So you got that situation going on in the NBA. A lot a lot of the most vocal voices saying, hey, we should, let's really reconsider what we're doing here. You can almost figure out where they are in the, the, the likelihood of winning a title. Right. Thing. right. <laughs> yeah, I hate to be, I hate to be that cynical. If LeBron was on a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs, he's a pretty socially active guy. Would he be for the playoffs or not? Mm, I have suspicions. If Kyrie Irving played on LeBron's team and was about to win another title. Would he be all for, I'll give up everything I have for social reform? I don't know. Yeah. And they might not even know themselves. It, I don't know. If there's this much dissension now... It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. So uh, the the NBA Players Association, uh, the Players Union rep, said, said this recently. Uh, it's a question of, does playing again harm a movement that we absolutely unequivocally embrace, and then whether or... And then whether our play can, in fact, highlight, encourage, and enhance this movement as opposed to distract from it. Oh, I see. So they feel like we're offering an entertainment outlet from the news that we want you to pay attention to. Right. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, if if if, if the decision to play is based on how does this advance the cause, uh, that's going to turn into something just crazy and ugly. Meanwhile, at Major League Baseball, my favorite sport, uh, Brian Monzo, who's uh, with, uh, I think, the fan, sports station in New York City, tweeted, New proposal for Major League Baseball. Two-game season. Three DHs in the lineup. <laughs> Each field has three home... <laughs> I'm sorry. I knew I wouldn't be able to get through this. Two-game season. <laughs> <laughs> right. Two-game season. Three designated hitters in the lineup. Each field has three hungry lions roaming the outfield. <laughs> in the third and ninth inning, the ball is lit on fire. <laughs> 85% pay. <laughs> so the, the current proposal, it's a complicated agreement they all have and everything like that, and they couldn't come to an agreement on the 90 games or 85 games or, or whatever. So now there's something in the agreement, according to the Wall Street Journal, where the owners can force the players to play a 50-game season. That they can make them do that and then have playoffs, <laughs> no, but the players no, are can't. the players are saying, "But we ain't gonna play." So the Civil gonna, War took care of that. Well, right. The players are gonna say, "But no, we're not gonna play, no matter what." So baseball's still up in the air. If it does happen, it looks like it'll be a fifty-game season, which is a lot of dang games. I mean, oh, that's plenty. Yeah, that'd be fine. But it's all about what percentage of your paycheck you're getting for the year. And, yeah, and the players' association hates the owners, and the owners hate the players' association, and the commissioners are hard ass. They're just, they're not going to play. I don't think they're going to play. 
There's been an outbreak of COVID in Beijing. They hadn't had cases, and I forget how many weeks there hadn't been a case. There were 80 over the weekend, so they're worried that it's really come back there. Similar to a lot of places in the in the United States. Is that got, their official word? That's their official okay. word. And they've done another lockdown where they chain you into your apartment and don't let you come out. Um, uh, but we'll hear from a doctor that was on Fox News Sunday yesterday talking about where we are on this whole thing, and I, it certainly got my attention. But like we got texts like this, Jack, you're so sure COVID-19 is so real and deadly because of what? Word of mouth? It just doesn't add up. You have to face things that things are that screwed up. I'm begging you to not even slightly promote this scam. Thank you. It's not a scam. Lots of texts like that. Wow. So, um, you know, well, it, it, there's no doubt. I can tell by the glee in their tone and, 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 and verbiage that, there are people on the other side of this. They're so excited that this uh, may be worse than we thought it was a week ago. Oh, yeah. Because it damages Trump. Yeah. So it works both ways. But anyway. It's, that is undeniable. I get that. I've been thinking about that phenomenon for a long time. Because, you know, Trump was a, a middle finger, if you will, to to the media and the giant bloated government and the, you know, the intelligentsia of America and the rest of it are... Or if you prefer, uh, he's like an attack dog. We got ourselves a big old nasty Rottweiler um, who's going to bite a lot of those people. And there are a number of Trump voters who think, well, now he's starting to bite our children. And Aunt June stopped by and he bit her. And and so, you know, it'll be an interesting election. But I I get that people so loathe the mainstream media. And, and the glee that you just described, and you're absolutely right, that they can't accept that both things are true. It's a really nasty right. disease. Yeah. No, the media is excited about it being worse, as bad as possible, and keeping the economy down because and they, they exaggerate Trump. all the time. Yeah. And the virus is horrible and might be uh, in a worse state than we thought it was a couple of weeks ago, which we've got a leading epidemiologist going to tell us about it coming up. an autonomous collective, an anarcho-syndicalist commune at the least. We should take turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. It's just part of that. That is a quote from uh, Monty Python's The Life of Brian. No, I'm sorry, that was uh, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail that Fox News was reporting as a jazz protester. Oh, Making really? a statement, yeah. It is just funny. I hear that term a lot, that anarcho Anarcho-communist or... Uh... I hear that term a lot in, in serious tones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't... I don't the, all, all those... Men, like, you want you want to kill a little time? Um, Wikipedia libertarian or anarchy or any of those things anyway, uh, and then start digging into the various gradations of all those philosophies. There's like 75 different kinds of anarchy listed in Wikipedia. Right. There are more of those philosophies and sub-philosophies than there are breeds of dog on Earth. It's ridiculous. It's something. And it's just for, you know, eggheads who can't get laid to argue about. So <laughs> so this is, uh, I find this troubling in that the polls show y'all are tired of hearing about the coronavirus. 
I'm tired of hearing about the coronavirus. The coronavirus does not care whether we're tired of hearing about it. I mean, I'm tired of hearing crap. Um, I thought this epidemiologist, Dr. Michael Osterholm, who was on Fox News Sunday yesterday, uh, I thought he was pretty interesting. I thought it was interesting, for one thing, that he was willing to say we're not exactly sure what's going on. I think that what we have here today is we not, we're not sure what's happening. Uh, we have 22 states where we have cases increasing, eight where it's level, and 21 states where it's decreasing. And I think that what we're really talking about here now is uh, what does reopening do? What did the protests do? And we just have to be humble and say we, we're, not, we're in an un- unsure moment right now what's happening in this country. You don't hear people say that. No. People feel like, well, I, you know, I can't get on a bunch of cable news shows if I say we don't know what's happening. Normalize saying, I don't know right now. <sighs> We're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. But no, how, you can't say that. How troubling, is, how troubling is that? You got about half the states going up and about half the states going down, and it doesn't match up with how they opened up or shut down. Mm-hmm. It's Although you will hear that over and over on the idiot media. Um, I heard all sorts of stuff making very thin claims based on illogic this morning, and they're pitching the hell out of that. So, you know, we were talking a couple of minutes ago about people who reject the very idea that the disease is real and, and nasty and the rest of it. I get that because you've been fed so much crap, and then your county health director's response is so arbitrary and illogical and just that people are cynical. They've been made cynical. Plus, in a lot of places in the country, you don't know a single person that's had it. Right. Not one. Right. Um, he goes on to say more stuff. Well, first of all, remember, we're not driving this tiger, we're riding it. We are going to go from 5% of the population infected with all the pain, suffering, death, and economic disruption that's occurred to date. Trust me, we have a long ways to go to get to that 60 or 70% of people infected with some protection and with immunity as a result of that infection, or we get a vaccine in time. How we're going to get there is still unclear. My biggest concern is if cases would start to disappear across the country, suggesting we're into a trough, meaning a true wave change. We may have several months of few cases. That would suggest it could be like influenza and come back with a very, very significant second wave late in the fall. We may continue to see what we're seeing right now, where it hits some states, doesn't hit others, goes back and forth. We don't know. And we're not driving this tiger. We're riding it. And he said, look, the way these things end is like 70% of the population has to get it. Mm-hmm. And then it, it can't spread anymore just because of the way viruses work. We're at like 5%. So we got a long way to go unless they find a vaccine. Now, how they know we're at 5%, I still don't get. Because they haven't, you know, they haven't tested everybody. Projections and models. Right. Yeah. And, and you know. But there have been it, those various studies. <clears throat> Remember the USC study in LA County where they. The, the, Way different numbers on how many people had the antibodies. And right. The, the number of tests that we have done since even that study has increased dramatically. So as new statistics <laughs> come in, these things keep getting yeah. reworked. Yeah, I, you know, uh, we were discussing off the air a little bit earlier uh, a, a piece of knowledge I think I have about this thing, but then I realized, no, nah, I heard it like three weeks ago. So f- for all I know, it's been overturned, then reconfirmed, then overturned again. Uh, in the intervening three weeks, I don't know. I saw no uh, Cudlow talking about uh, coronavirus stuff. Uh, he was talking about the effects on the economy, but he said that we've increased testing a hundredfold. 
No, I don't doubt that because we had practically none in the beginning because yeah. the CDC misled all the states about whether or not they had testing kits. But and so on Nakedly Progressive Radio today, they, they did a long report. It was probably five, six minutes long about the Chinese bat fever and uh, talking about the rise in cases, rise in cases, rise in cases. It was probably four and a half minutes into it that they said, now there has been a steep rise in testing, and that's responsible for some of the rise, but not nearly all of it. And as a guy who's capable of rational thought, I was waiting for, we've had a 50% rise in testing and a 53% rise in cases or something, anything. No, they just wanted me to trust them to characterize it for me. And they frequently spout crap, illogical, unscientific crap. So, I, again, I get people being cynical. Here's your doomsday scenario for unrest in America. Who asked for this? A lot of people. <laughs> Anybody order the doomsday? Anybody? Wow. Doomsday for uh, Jack? Jack, got the doomsday for you? You know, you present an interesting question. <laughs> Nobody listening to the radio is thinking, could you craft a worst case scenario taking in all the factors right. that would scare me to death? Here's the worst <laughs> thing that could happen to your dog. Who wants that? <laughs> The five things, worst things that could happen to your kids today. Uh, now, I don't have that. Why don't you contemplate the doomsday scenario? I would only present it because I think there's a decent chance of it happening. Well, and, and we have to be uh, on our the balls of our feet. Lean exactly. forward at the ra- waist ready to fight it. <laughs> All right, then. The old <laughs> DS coming up after the break. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So my doomsday scenario, which I think is a significant possibility, part of it rests on something. If the Wall Street Journal and the Daily Show pick up on a problem, it's probably for real. Yeah. Uh, This is about the election recently had in Georgia in their voting situation. Georgia, a key battleground state in November, had rescheduled its primary twice because of the coronavirus pandemic. Health concerns kept many longtime poll workers from showing up today, leaving inexperienced volunteers to run new voting machines for the first time. Polling precincts that were at churches, assisted living centers, and senior centers had to be moved because of the coronavirus. Georgia's Secretary of State, who oversees the election, is blaming local officials, saying poll workers were not properly trained. The employees didn't understand the system. So what were they doing for all these months? All of a sudden they wake up and they say, let's have an election on Tuesday. One county official firing back at the Secretary of State, saying if there was a failure of leadership, it starts where the buck should stop, at the top. Now Georgia's Secretary of State has launched an investigation ahead of November's election. So there you go. That's a a, a state's statewide election, just a complete mess in the world of coronavirus. All building up to my doomsday scenario here. Uh, going off what the doctor said a little bit ago that we played, that we're in the early goings of the first stage of corona. It's going to be around for quite a while. Also, articles I read over the weekend about a lot of the protests in America and worldwide protests, like they're looking at Germany. They had huge protests over the weekend all across Europe, and people are trying to figure out, what exactly is going on here? Mm -hmm. Why is everybody protesting? Well, there's some belief that the being pent up 
in your house, kept in your house, and then the pent up frustration of the economics and do I have a job and you know you're stuck in your house with your kids and everything like that is making the protests much more um, expressive, whether it's violence or just another number of people showing up. I, I think people have just been watching more TV news too, which is bad for you. So that could be it too. <clears throat> so if we have. Uh, if a lot of the rioting and everything we saw was because of the coronavirus and we just, you know, we got pent up frustration, we're locked in our homes, we're, we're already on edge because we're worried about the economy and our jobs and our kids aren't at school and everything like that. If the coronavirus causes voting to be just a nightmare all across the country no. and we have a really close election, I think we could have an explosion of unrest across this country that make the last couple of weeks look like nothing. Mmm, boy. I don't think that's far-fetched either. Uh, given, I mean, if you uh, applied that scenario to the last election where it was a few thousand votes in this precinct and or really in this state and, you know, 15,000 in this state and you've got 175,000 ballots uncounted or, or people were uh, couldn't vote and they waited for 10 hours, the rest of it, yeah. And, and then, you know, it's funny, the SCOTUS is putting out all sorts of news this morning. We'll get to some more of it, but... Um, then you got like a, a five to four decision on the SCOTUS on some. Dis- oh, got it. Yeah, it could melt down. Well, the Wall Street Journal uh, had an. Uh, Note to self buy ammunition. <laughs> Wall Street Journal had an essay over the weekend. Problems with voting in November could turn into a full blown crisis for American democracy. So if the voting situation is that bad with the coronavirus and all our tension for the economy and all the things I just mentioned, and then that racial element and the hatred of Trump. And it's a close election, but mm-hmm. you don't believe the votes. Right. If people don't believe the votes, we might have the first legitimate problem with people accepting that this was a real election right. and whether or not this person actually has the authority to be president of the United States. Wow. There have been people talk about it, and I'm moving to Canada, whether it's you know because of Bush or Obama or whatever. But we might have the first large swaths of the country do not accept that's the president. It could be, especially because the media will actively pour as much gasoline on the fire as they can. I mean, back to the Georgia story. The horrific problems with voting affected predominantly black precincts. Well, and white, and Hispanic, and gay, and straight, and Himalayans. Uh, but the initial reporting was heavy on the race-baiting aspect of it, because that's super exciting, and it fits the narrative. So you'll see them whipping us up any way they can. Oh, sure. If Trump wins a close election, and there's all kinds of the polling problems the Wall Street Journal is talking about, you gonna? I can hear Brian Williams' voice saying, today the so-called president of the united states i can hear his yeah. voice saying that yeah and them just talking openly about how he's not actually the president until we get this all figured out and you know decided upon right right yeah well it, that'll it could, be fun it, to watch it, it could make the last couple of weeks seem like nothing and i don't think that's at all a crazy doomsday scenario no no it's not i it, it remains to be seen i could i could picture any outcome to these this election whoever wins i hope they win in a blowout that would be so much better for the country. I think it would. Yeah. If it's an if it's an electoral blowout where one state, you know, fifteen thousand votes doesn't make the difference. It right. wasn't even close. Right. Either way, bunch of COVID-ridden Floridians with hanging chads again or something. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Well, I just hope we're still uh, working to make sense of it and yeah. don't get canceled by cancel culture between now and then. Or the entire radio industry runs out of money or something. Yeah, well. <laughs> we still got the gear, right? 
I mean, they, who are they going to sell the broadcasting gear to? I ain't doing this for free. Well, I will. I actually would do this I'm for not going to show up. I'm not going to get up when I get up in the morning. I actually would do this for free. Uh, I'll do it. Uh, how about we, like, 7 a.m.? At we, this point, you know, are we eating companions? I mean, how ugly has the, have things gotten? Uh, it depends on the companions, I suppose. If we're eating people in the street, I probably won't go to work. I- I'm going to start with the animals. I mean, like, obviously... Like, so, like well, somebody responded to, uh, what's his name? going to eat my neighbor. <laughs> Alex Jones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Somebody responded, you, you could grow a garden, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Before you get to eating your neighbors, how about you try growing some tomatoes and corn? <laughs> well, you know me, Jack. I'm a planner. Sometimes I, I even overplan, but I'm starting with the obvious animals. Okay. A gerbil. You're, no! Your your cows and your sheep and your hogs and the, your chickens. The cliched, yeah. Then we move on to zoo animals. You got to go down to the zoo and carve you out some hippo. We'll have to slaughter the hippo. What's on the tail end of this? You're need a lot of people. What's on the tail end of this list? Like your squirrels and whatnot? I'm working my way there. Or like bugs and lizards. I'm the planner. Be quiet. <laughs> So then you move on through the zoo animals, obviously, then we have to go with our pets. And I feel bad about that because I'm very fond of Baxter, but he does look fairly delicious. Well, it's either me or him. Although it's funny, he's getting more gray on the, his, like, chin. I, I can see him aging. He's aging like a dog. Ah, <laughs> sunrise, sunset, then you have to eat him. Eh, life's a tragedy. Wow. End of comedy. Anyway, then, then after the pets, we're certainly on to your, your squirrels and woodchucks. Beavers, you're your wild beasts. We'll all become expert trappers and hunters. And then it's the vermin, rats, mice, and bugs, before you get to cannibalism. Combat so, model, optimum self-sufficiency, <laughs> Probably Alex, the leader. Alex, I'm just not with you on that. I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, man, some blockbuster stuff out of the Supreme Court moments ago. We'll hit that in a second. Got Got to hip you to... Uh, a word from our sponsor, Simply Safe. Yeah, the, we were just talking about social unrest. No, no doubt, having a home security oh, system is a good idea now. Oh, heck yeah! And I'm, I'm seriously buying ammo. But uh, best overall home security 2020, according to U.S. News and World Report, because Simply Safe, I'm sorry, Simply Safe has all of the good stuff you've heard about with home security systems, and none of the bad stuff. So you order online with the click of a button. You open the box, you place the sensors, you plug it in. Your home is now protected around the clock. Hey, clock, not a clop. Um, hey, look, no technician or salesperson came to your home and disrupted your life or anything like that. And charged you hundreds of dollars for the install. To Please. install the best overall home security of 2020. Still pissed off about that. So it's only about 50 cents a day. <laughs> You're not locked into a long-term contract. There's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Free shipping. Why wouldn't you try Simply Safe? You want to know who's at your doorstep when you're at work? They got all that stuff. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. It's simply S-I-M-P-L-I. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong, so they know we sent you. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. So, uh, yeah, the SCOTUS is just pouring news out today. So today's the day when they make the big announcements and head for the hills. Right. And in past years, it's been, we've been, you know, breathlessly (laughs) waiting for, will we have gay marriage in America? Will pot smoking be legal? Will Obamacare uh, hold up? But... None of those big things hanging out there today, are, are they? Well, there's some pretty big stuff. They ruled that federal employment discrimination laws protect uh, gay folks and transgender people. You can't fire somebody for Is being that gay. surprising to anybody? No. Uh, that was a, uh, t- 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 a five. That wasn't a five to four, was it? Six to three? I'll have to look. Fifteen to six. Uh, SCOTUS also turns down a group of cases involving doctrine of qualified immunity. 
which a lot of people have been talking about, mm, right. which shield, shields officials from liability for constitutional violations that do not violate clearly established laws. That's a very brief description of it. It's a little more complicated than that. But they turned down that group of cases. That's the smart police reform a lot of people, uh, even on the right, think is a good idea. Yeah. I uh, Wow. I'm surprised they turned that down. And as uh, you know, as you may know, deciding not to take a case is as big as a ruling in a case. Often, yep. Uh, they declined to hear a group of Second Amendment cases. Uh, let's see. They said a death row guy is going to blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, and they will not take up the federal government's request to overturn California's sanctuary state law, oh. which bars state and local law enforcement from cooperating with federal immigration authorities. I think the Supreme Court's getting lazy. They don't That's exactly deal. the stuff we need, the sanctuary thing and the uh, and the qualified immunity. What are we paying you for? So is that... Some weird, obscure case on, on uh, you know, corn subsidies. We'd have to ask Tim or, or somebody, but uh, is there any effort by the current court to say, hey, legislature, do your freaking job. Actually, make this a law or not, or uphold, you know, decide right. decide what to, is, is okay and not. Yeah, you know, that'd be powerful if all nine of them would come out and say, Hey, quit passing these incredibly vague yet sweeping laws and then enabling or empowering a bunch of bureaucrats to interpret what they really mean. Why don't you say what you really mean? You're the legislature. But that's that and that is one of the great problems with huge government. Congress knows they can't write laws that are specific and handle, you know, this brand new agency. So they just say you bureaucrats figure it out and so they get credit for as Tim Sandifer often puts it. Uh, creating the Bureau of No Bad Things Should Happen, but then the Bureau itself decides what's a bad thing and how to prevent it, and all sorts of crazy unconstitutional crap flows forward. Well, I've been hoping for a long time the Supreme Court would finally weigh in on this whole sanctuary city, sanctuary state nonsense. They chickened out. Bunch of robed chickens. I was outside the courtroom, that's what I'd have said as they walked out. Put on a chicken suit and just follow them home. (laughs) Lay an egg, why don't you? Wow. Heck around in the dirt because you're a bunch of chickens. That's not good heckling. It's 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 not very good. They'd all say, huh? Because they're hard of hearing because they're old. <laughs> Did you go to Harvard or Yale? Because that's where we all went, they would say. Um, we probably ought to dip back into uh, the various people in journalism, old school liberals, saying, Journalism has come completely off the rails. We have Bill Maher commenting on a woke liberals demanding to defund the police, which is an incredibly unpopular position. I saw a poll over the weekend. 15% of Americans like that idea. Careful, you're going to get canceled for saying that. Yeah, all that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. So, listen to this. Liberals want to uh, take police money, police funds, and divert it to community services, which sounds like a very good thing, good idea. But they're calling it defund the police, which sounds bad. That is so Democrats for you. Uh, You know, they must have meetings to be this 
being stupid about politics. Hey, guys, we're making some headway here. Um, how can we turn this into something that makes people have to vote for Trump? That's, that's some really astute uh, understanding of politics right there from right. Bill Maher on his show. Right. Uh, a policy that, you know, it's debatable. Uh, but let's let Twitter name it. The most adamant lunatics. Right. So then I read this from Jeffrey Goldberg of The Atlantic in his Twitter feed. Uh, he's quoting Joe Biden, who was on um, one of your CBS shows over the weekend. Joe Biden said, no, I don't support defunding the police. He stated it unequivocally. And Jeffrey Goldberg said, thereby saving his candidacy. Maybe he had to say it. A poll this week showed that 16% of Americans support cuts to police funding. 16%. Is that the view you would get from watching cable news? And AOC and others can say, no, by defund the police, I mean this. Okay, you might, but then give it a different name. Yeah. Because the words defund the police mean you're going to take money out of policing, cut money to policing, and as the polls show, 16% of Americans approve of that, including a minority of uh, Democrats. Yeah, that's so it's funny. Just, Bill Maher was right. Any more, uh, anyway, more from Bill Maher. Oh, here it is. So I want to get into the... The uh, branding aspects of that with you, I think it's a terrible way to put it. Uh, only a third of black folks want to, in the late, late, latest poll, defund the police. Uh, if you put it a different way, like, hey, we did it in Camden, and it, it's the Camden miracle. That would be a... And the, uh, the mayor of uh, Minneapolis was thrown out of a Black Lives Matter meeting because he said, I do not support abolishing the police. I worry that Democrats are wandering into another purity test. Uh, that's not going to serve them well, and it's going to be about how much you want to get rid of police altogether. That's really good. Boy, your your classic lefties, uh, your smart lefties, completely get that the howling mob right now, um, politically speaking, which is mostly you know woke suburban white people. Um, with a Twitter account, right? They're incredibly dangerous to liberalism. Yeah, if I'm a if I'm a progressive. I think the worst thing that has happened to me is Twitter. Elizabeth yeah. Warren would agree with that. Kamala Harris would agree with that. Yeah. Matt Taibbi, actually, in the piece we've been talking about, and we'll, we'll hit it again next hour, if you get the award-winning fourth hour of the A&G show. If not, uh, get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. But he gives several examples of the media deciding to be woke instead of accurate and actually shooting their side in the foot. It actually ended up doing the opposite of what they'd hoped. And his argument is, just tell the truth, and things will come out the way you want, maybe. Well, Matt Taibbi, like Bill Maher, a liberal over the age of 50, with a different view of the way things ought to be. Uh, we'll hear one more from Bill Maher here. So they're introducing this bill. The, the Congressional Black Caucus asked them to wear this, I think it's called a Kinte scarf. The, the Kente Club, yes. Club, okay, it's a scarf. And, of course, woke Twitter had a fit because uh, they said they were culturally appropriating. I, to me, it's so like woke liberals to do this, to tell the people who are trying to do the right thing, you're helping wrong. You're always helping wrong. <laughs> well, and... That's so good. Can the, can the 50-plus lefty crowd overtake the younger crowd uh, and actually uh, win the things they want to win. I don't know. I mm. hope they don't, obviously, because I'm on the other side. But Yeah, but the mob scares me. Oh, yeah. that That is where 
that is where I want uh, the Bill Mars and Matt Taibbi's of the world to win because the mob is freaking frightening. And and listen, young woke people, this is your old Uncle Joe talking because I care about you. The problem with the howling righteous mob that you're part of and enjoying being, it feels like you're falling in love, doesn't it? Fall in love with a political movement that a lot of the same chemicals come out of your brain. Uh, the mob will turn on you next. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I know the slogans. I, I know the causes. I, I've contributed. You should see my Twitter. No. The mob will stone you tomorrow or the next day or the next day. You will be crushed by the mob in turn. Trust me on this. That's why I always like it when Michael Che makes it. He's made this joke many times on Saturday Night Live. Anyway, he says, of course, in the future, I might be in jail for making a joke that's okay now, but won't be in the future. Right. He, as a liberal, recognizes that's the direction things are going. Mm-hmm. Things that are okay to joke about now might not be in a few years. In fact, in a few years, they'll bring up in, you know, an episode, a tweet, or whatever like you're talking about, and you're done. Right. Because right. things have changed. He's, uh, wh- how old is he, do you suppose? 35? Something like that. 40 at the most. He's a pretty young man. Well, it's good to hear him espousing that point of view. For as long as he lasts, he will be canceled uh, himself at some point. And that is the problem. I actually just became aware of a book about the, the, the founding of this great country. Um, it's the Founding Fathers versus the Mob, talking about how the Founding Fathers were trying to channel the energy of the mob and not let it fly apart. But mobs don't govern well. Interesting stuff. Armstrong and Getty.